five or verses in the, in the Bible that I really, really cherish. And as you saw the uh, TJ video, uh, one of them is Matthew chapter 25, 40. And the king um, pleads, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of these of my brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, you know, Christmas is one of those uh, times, the season of the year, where, where gifts are given and gifts are received. Now, I want to throw out a question this morning. Is, that, is there like a certain gift that you're craving right now? Or is there a gift that like you're, you're like, this is what I want for Christmas? Well, I, I do. Okay, I, I do. Um, this morning, Gordon was praying, and Gordon was saying that, you know what, Asians don't like to receive, right, to, to kind of get accolades. No, I, I, I love to receive, okay, guys? <laughs> and there is one special gift that I would like to receive um, this time of the year. Actually, it's not this time of the year. It's actually next year. Um, I really, really desire that... Um, more people will be going down to TJ to be the hands and the feet uh, for God. And I'm actually calling out all the young adults. Okay, guys? Young adults, okay? Next year, around August, when we launched our mission uh, month, you're just going to come up and say, you know what, Pastor Ben, I'm there for you. I want to go. And Amy Lim, um, if do I see it? No. If you're watching, um, <laughs> the MCM is calling out your name, okay? I don't know what you did, right? MCM Eddie and Maggie and all the staff are asking for Amy. I don't know what you did, Amy. So anyways, so that is, that is my Christmas wish for next year. Now, today, today uh, we just saw, we just heard uh, the Magi's giving the gifts to our Lord Jesus Christ the Savior. In Matthew chapter 11, chapter 2 verse 11, we just read, On the coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with the gift of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, the first gift being gold, right? Gold. To acknowledge that Jesus is the king and he needs to be the king of our lives. The second gift, being frankincense. Now, this gift was used by the priest in the temple of Jerusalem to signify that Jesus is the, our highest priest who intercedes us before the Father. So we have gold, we have frankincense. Now, the third gift being myrrh. Now, this word myrrh in Hebrew, more, was probably the most strangest gift of all. You see, myrrh, during that time, was used as a beauty supplement, perfume, a painkiller, antiseptic. And finally, it was used as an embalming fluid for the dead. Now, have you guys ever thought about, now, you know what? These three gifts. Now, these three gifts are kind of crazy gift for a two-year-old child, huh? 
Now, diapers or maybe onesies. Now, in this case, it's the twosies because, you know, we speculate that Jesus was about two years old, right? Now, when I was younger, when I was younger, you know, I, I like lavish gifts. I, I like one of those big box gifts. And during the gift exchanges, I would pick the largest one among the gifts. Now, I learned early on that the largest one, they don't mean anything. It's those, the, the, the unwrapped or the messiest wrapped, or it's one of those small gifts that had a lot of value. You know, since we're thinking about gifts, giving gifts, receiving gifts, you know what? I, I thought about gifts. You know, um, I like those gifts that you would spend a long time as you pray and you know, you know what, what does that person want? And you kind of know and you go like out of your way to go and get that gift. Because gifts reflect the character of the giver. Gifts reflect the character of the giver. Now, now think about this. Think about this. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Amazing. Lavishing gifts. Now, as I was preparing, right? As I was preparing. Now, what was the most lavishing and most expensive gift that I had ever received in my lifetime? And I, and I just came to the conclusion. It was a car. That my parents bought me a brand new car. Right? Brand new car. But, hey, gold? Come on. This tops it, right? You know how long it took the Magi's to deliver the gifts? Now, they didn't have Amazon's drivers back then, okay? The researchers say that it took the wise men two and a half years traveling almost over 9,000 miles one way, one way, to bring these gifts to Jesus. I don't know about you guys, but you know what? That is one committed delivery person. So these three gifts were physical. They were monetary. They were very, very extravagant. And their values, very, very values being good on this earth. Once again, the gifts reflect the character of the giver. But this morning, today, I would like to unwrap a very, very special gift that came through Jesus Christ. This gift being very monumental, a revolutionary, a spiritual gift that is valuable in the court of heaven and in time as well as in eternity. Now, those three gifts that I just mentioned, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, they were monetary, they were costly, they were time-consuming. Now, but it didn't cost the magis everything that they had. Just only a little, maybe a part, maybe half what they had. Whereas this special gift that I'm about to unwrap, the gift of Jesus, and Paul mentions this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, 6 through 8. He says, 
him and everything, Jesus left heaven, came to this earth, and he humbled himself as he poured out himself unto death, death on a cross. Now, why did God give us this special gift? First, it was given to us so that we know that we are loved. Now, think about this. Typically, when you give a gift, you give it to somebody to express of your love, don't you? No, seriously. When you give a gift, once again, it reflects the giver. You would want to give a gift because, you know what? You love that person. You like that person. I mean, that's why you would spend a long time Spending around, going around, you know, department stores now these days, you know, just surf through the Amazon app, right? Spend a lot of money to give that perfect gift to your special loved one. Why? Because true love can never be passive. It's always an active. People need to demonstrate their loves. Because love remembers, Right? Love remembers, and do you guys remember a couple, couple of months, was it a couple of months ago, I told you that love and gases can never be contained. You just got to let it out. You got to let it out. Okay, now, don't go around passing around gases, okay, guys? Okay, don't do that. Love is an active thing. It's an active emotion. Now, Back in my previous church, I did a lot of premarital and marital counselings to a lot of young couples, and they had problems, they had issues, and they came, and I listened to a lot of the young couples and their stories, and I've noticed in their marriages, two years, three years, something is wrong, and I came to the prescription that the principal reason why they're having this issue is that the couple, somewhere along the line, they had to stop giving. They stopped giving their time. They stopped giving their energy. They stopped giving care and concerns because they were so busy. Both of them, right? Right? They're both working. They, they were so busy that they stopped caring for one another. They stopped caring. Even just a little token to say, you know what, I love you. I, I love you. You know, when you guys in this honeymoon stage, right, you know, the word I love you, maybe it could be rampant. And I'm looking at Kaylin right now. She's just a newlywed and and I just pray that Stephen and Kaylin, every morning they wake up, I love you, I love you, I love you. But somewhere down the road, two years, three years, those of you guys who are married for, you know, at 25 or 35 or 45 years, when was the last time you heard your husband, your wife say to you, I love you? For just no reason, just I love you. Not because you had cooked something, not that you had given something. Just the fact that, you know what, you just wake up in the morning, you turn around and it says, you know what, I love you. And this one very special gift, gift of Jesus, demonstrates that, you know what, we are loved by him. You know, someone once said that you can tell the depth of a well by how much of the rope that is lowered. Did you get that? 
Somebody once told me that you could tell the depth of a well by how much the rope is being lowered. You could tell the depth of God's love by how much rope was lowered by sending his son from heaven. Wrapped in a, in a very, very simple package. In a manger. Lowering the ropes of hope so that you and I could be saved. And this is the very cord of God's nature. And that's why God says, or the Bible says, God is what? God is love. Now, you know, the whole idea of God is love, it is so easy on the ears, isn't it? I'm serious. It's, it's, we've heard it. The message is not something new. But sometimes it's really, really hard on the mind to actually grasp that God really loves me. I mean, it really, really blew John the Apostle's mind. This is what he said, Behold, what manner of love. In another way, what kind of love is this, John the Apostle says. I mean, the concept of his love was so different. God's love is different from ours because human love is very, very object-oriented. While God's love is subject-oriented. If you don't believe me, when you see an object, we often say things like, "Mm, I like that. We place value on an object, don't we? We go, hey, I like that. I I want that. I want to drive that. I want to live in that. Object-oriented. And I'm loving, and we are loving that object because... I deem that person or the property as valuable because maybe of the personalities, their looks, their value. Now, this is our love. But God's love is very different. It's not object-centered. It's very, very subject-focused. If you don't believe me, you know, as I'm spending, you know, Advent, one morning I woke up and, you know, Advent is like a kind of a foreshadowing of the Easter that is going to happen in April. I, I know I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of, 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 the, of, the, of the time, but you know what? I feel like Advent is the foreshadowing, is the preparation for the Easter to come. And on, on Easter, right, the death on the cross, what was Jesus' first word on the cross? Does anybody know? Do, do you know what was Jesus' very first word on the cross? When the Roman soldiers placed the spike and the nails on his hands, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. When more nails were applied to his feet, he once cried out again, Father, forgive them. 
And finally, when the cross was raised up, he once again said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. I don't know about you guys, but if I were to die for somebody, I would probably very, very be selective. If I were to sacrifice for somebody, don't we have this notion that, you know what, I would like to do it for some people that I love. But for my enemies, forget it. There is no way in the world or that I would have a hard time sacrificing for some people that are simply my enemies. And yet the first word that Christ cries out on the cross was that, Father, forgive them. So contrary to our love, it is so different. Now, some of us who are hearing this message, God is love, God loves us, could be thinking like, you know what, there is no way that God could love someone like me. There is no way that God could love someone like me. Do you know what kind of a person I am? You know, whenever I go and evangelize, and I tell them about God's love, they always tell me, hey, don't you know what kind of a person I am? Do you know what I have done? Even my closest friends and my, my, my spouses have rejected me. You know, um, as I was preparing for this sermon, all of a sudden, the uh, Lord showed me to an incident that happened when I was in seminary, I was serving in a very small church. And, and I still remember very, very vividly. There was an incident that happened in a high school nearby where this girl, this girl murdered the valedictorian, the smartest kid in his class, in our little class. She had murdered. She had killed. Do you know why? Because she could never become the number one. As time was, was, was crunching by, she wanted to become the valedictorian in, in, the, in the graduating year. And because of this person, and so what she decided to do was she hired, or I mean she conned her boyfriend to kill the smartest kid on the campus. And this was all over the news. And I remember this being so vivid because it, it, it really, really made our church. Because she was in our youth group. And I remember as she was indicted and she was sentenced to jail. I, I remember going and visiting and I remember her, her words saying to me, there's no way that God could love someone like me. But why would God love someone who just killed 
Why does God love you and I? Just because. It's because it's nature. And this very, very special gift represents his ultimate character. Gifts reflect the character of the giver. And God gave this gift because he's love. The second thing that this represents, this gift, one special gift represents, is that we can be forgiven. The second special gift is given so that this gift can forgive us. Now, notice I didn't say the gift means that we will automatically be forgiven. But there is a possibility that you can be forgiven. And that's what Paul says, what a difference between our sin and God's generous gift of forgiveness in Romans 5.15. So you may be wondering, so how can we be forgiven? Well, which leads to the third value of the gift It has to be received. You have to open it. You have to receive it. The gospel, that that sounds so familiar, doesn't it? Especially for those who grew up in the church. You've been in the church. We've all heard it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. God came out of heaven and the earth and was born in a manger, grew up and died on a cross, rose from the dead. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. God loves me. God loves her. God loves the sick. God loves the poor. God loves the weak. Yeah, I get it. But do you? But do you? Because it means that you and I can be forgiven. We've titled the sermon series, It's a Simple Story. And a lot of times, we feel like it's too simple. In other religions, there are so many ways for us to meet God, and yet God came down to earth. And all we have to do is just to receive it. And yet, quite often, some of us, a lot of us, I've heard it before. And we go about and say, you know what? It's too easy. It's good to know. But do you really know? Do you really, really understand? You know, as a father to two kids, they're not kids anymore, they're adults. One of the most beautiful things, one of the beautiful sight on Christmas morn was seeing my two children get up. I mean, you know what? I never tell them to get up at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, but they get up really early in the morning. I, I could hear them, you know what, running down the stairs like, like Usain Bolt, right? And, and they go down, right? They go down and they, they're, they're tearing open that wrapping paper off the gifts, which, by the way, has their names on it. Now, Those of you guys know what I'm talking about. It's the most beautiful gift. Once again, the gifts reflect the giver, the character of the giver. And as a father, as a parent, you want to give something so special. 
I mean, it's beautiful. And as, as they're tearing open that wrapping paper, man, it's an art. It's an art form. Actually, it's not. It's just crazy. It's just tearing it open. But you know what? I've never seen any of my kids on Christmas morning. They're running down the stairs. They stop in front of the Christmas tree. They see a gift with their names on it. And they would just stare at it. Oh, this is so cool, Dad. Oh, my name. Oh, that's my gift. That is so cool, Dad. And you just simply stare. You know, last night, uh, we, uh, me and my wife had our first white elephant exchange yesterday. And I told the guys, I said, like, you know, can I take the gift that I get? So I, 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 won't, I won't open it because I need to use it as a sermon illustration. And, and the people said, no, no, you got to open it because, you know, if we like it, we're going to steal it, okay? <laughs> and so, so that gift... You know what, I, I knew what it was, and I didn't want to use it. Now, I had received another gift. I, I think I know what it is. I, I didn't open it. I know what it is. It, it's got my name on it. But quite often, quite often, we do exactly what I'm just explaining to you guys. You know what, we look at the gift, it has my name on it, but we just look at it. Oh, yeah, it's cool. It's cool, wow. I mean, what good is it? Don't you have to open the gift? Don't you have to use the gift? Don't you have to try on the gift? Maybe exchange a gift for a larger size or a smaller size. And in my case, it's usually the larger size. But you have to use it. You have to open it. You have to receive it. Or it's of no value. And so it is with this gift, the gift of Jesus. And the gift has been brought to you. It has your name on it. John, Tim, Bobby, Jane, Jennifer, Jamie. But it's no use if you don't receive it. But people do. In the Gospel of John, we were told that Jesus is, is coming. Jesus, and he says in John chapter 1, 11 to 12, he says, you know what? He came unto his own people, but his own people did not receive it. But as many did receive to them, God gave the power to become his children. If you receive it, you will become the children of God. And that he has given us the power to do so. You know, this season, you might open up a present and maybe it's not the gift that you wanted. You'll look at it and you go, oh, it's not what I wanted. Well, then it's not your birthday either, so... But whether it's that you want it or not, this special gift, you get it. You could receive it. 
And the present, the gift that is present to you is of his love. What's in front of us right now is his forgiveness through the gift so that we will have eternal life. But in order to get these love, forgiveness, eternal life, you got to open it. You got to receive it. You got to open the package that has your name on it. My youngest brother, um, for the longest time, hated hand me downs. I am the oldest, we have a middle one, and our youngest brother. We have three, three boys in our family. And he hated all, the, all the, the oldest brother, you know, hand-me-down clothes, shoes, backpack, and everything. Now, when he started to drive, now, our youngest one was the most clumsiest. He's the most clumsiest. He would lose things. He would break things. I remember one time when he first got his license, and of course, he, he got the family hand-me-down car. A very, very, you know, rickety, old, it's been driving for 20 years. I still remember Buick Regal, red Buick Regal. He, he had received it, he hated it, and he would say, you know, how come, the, you know, how come Ben gets a brand new car, and, and David is the second child, David gets a new car, how come I can't? And she's complaining and complaining and complaining. And I don't know if he did it on purpose or not. Right, so he got his his license within a whole month. Right, within like maybe fifteen days, he got into an accident, totally destroyed the car. Right, and now my dad, right, my dad got the insurance for it, and he had a little bit more money. And on, I still remember on that Christmas morn, my dad gave my youngest brother a gift. He had placed the, the gift on the bottom of the Christmas tree. He had placed the name on it. And, and my, I, I can still remember when my brother opened it, fell out a hat. It, it was just a ball cap, a cap, a hat. It has Honda on it. And I could still vividly imagine he looks at it and goes, you could have just seen his face. I, I knew he didn't like it. And he opened it and he goes, oh, it's a hat. Whoa, whoopee. And he tried to get all excited for it. Oh, Oh, thank you, Dad. It's all what I always wanted. And he was about to leave because he was disappointed. And my dad stopped. Mike, stop. Look inside the hat. And so he looked. And in the crevice, the seams, taped to it, my dad had bought my youngest son a brand new Honda Accord. You got to look. You got to look inside. And inside the hat were the keys to a brand new car that he had always wanted. You see, you got to take the hat in order to get the keys. 
You have to open the gift to get the car. You have to take the gift that God gave us in order to know of his love, his forgiveness, eternal life. Because if you never open the gift, you'll never be able to receive Jesus Christ and you will never know. But if you do, it's like a package deal. And it's the greatest benefit now and forever. And for those of you guys who have never have taken the gift as your own personal gift, I'll guarantee you, it is the best gift that you will ever receive. It will be the best gift that you will ever know. It will be better than gold. It will be the best gift that you will ever receive in your entire life. One of the debrief questions that we were supposed to fill out after coming back from TJ was, what did you learn? What are you living differently? And I had a hard time sitting on my computer trying to answer that question. And all of a sudden, God said, but the Holy Spirit just kind of stirred in my heart. Why didn't I accept Jesus at an earlier on in my life? I mean, I've been going to church all my life. I'm the fourth generation Christian in my family. I have pastors living in or rummaging through my family line. And all of a sudden, as I was writing the answer to that question, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit began to just kind of, why didn't I accept Jesus? And I had numerous and numerous of times when that opportunity came. You see, I think this is a chocolate. You're never going to receive, you're never going to know how sweet, okay, once again, I think it's chocolate, it is chocolate. You're never going to taste this unless you open it. And I'm telling you, the gift of God through Jesus, it is the best gift that you will ever receive in your entirety. Let's bow our hearts. You know, our God loves so all over the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe that will receive this gift. You know, Lord, this is what we talked. We talked about your love, your forgiveness, your life. But you know what, Lord? Um, some of us who are sitting in this room, there's probably thinking, if, what if? You know, there's always a choice that we make that, that is in front of our lives. Sometimes, Father God, Lord, that choice that we make is never automatic. You know, Lord, um, just because we are raised by a Christian parents or in a spiritual home and given values, you know, we've heard this gospel again and, and again and again. And now, Lord, um, 
I pray, Father, Lord, that either we have a relationship with you or we don't. So this morning, I pray that if there's anybody in this room that has never received or opened this gift, Father God, would you just tug at his heart? Would you allow him to to look at it, to examine it? And maybe this year, 2021, will be a time where he actually opens or she opens the one of the greatest gift that we will ever receive in our lifetime. Father God, we, th- we thank you for this gift. Because for the Magi's, it only costs partiality. But Father God, I, I, I know that it costs you everything to send your very own son to die on the cross. Father God, as we, you know, fast-paced world, as we go through this, help us remember. It is the reason. It is the reason. You are the reason for us to celebrate. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that all of us will celebrate because we would have Jesus in our heart. Father, thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.